0: This Gospel message is brought to you by the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Fountain of Love, Aberdeen, UK. Open your heart to receive this life-changing Word of God. Let's give it to the Lord. Let's appreciate the Lord this morning. Amen. I'd like you to welcome someone into God's presence Be expectant. Tell someone, be expectant. Be open. Be ready to receive a word. God will do you good. Today. Not tomorrow. This week is a great week. You're crossing over into the new month. Expecting God for new things. To do new things. New doors. New relationships. A change is coming over you. It is well with you. In Jesus' name. Let me hear a better amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen. Praise God. Let's lift up. Father, we thank you. The hour has come. Your people are expectant. Speak to every man and every woman. Let no one that is here live here disappointed. I take authority over every life here. This afternoon, Lord, I come against any spirit of destruction. I command that each man and woman be present here. And I ask for everyone that is here today, they will hear you and they will hear you well. I pray the seed of your word that is going forth, none will snatch it. Amen. I pray that word that goes forth, it will accomplish its purpose. Amen. And Lord, because we are in your presence, your word says, In the presence of the Lord, there's fullness of joy. And so I come against anything that represents sorrow in the life of anyone here whatever burden people came here with today we lay it at your feet let the burden be lifted let the trouble cease let the question find an answer and Lord in your almighty way do what only you can do today Lord we give you all the glory all the honor all the adoration, but this day, let the blessings go with your people. Thank you, Father. Blessed be your name. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen, amen, amen. Please take your seat in the wonderful presence of God. Again, I am very, very grateful for this honor and privilege to stand before you and to minister on this very sacred altar. And, uh, I don't take it lightly. I've been sharing since Friday on kingdom dominion. And today I want to talk about enforcing kingdom dominion. Enforcing kingdom dominion. The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 11 verse 12. It says, "And from the days of John the Baptist until now. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it eat by force. The violent take it eat by force. Strangely again, Jesus, in the same Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18, while he was speaking to Peter, he had asked a question in verse uh, 15. And he said, who do you say, I am. After he had asked him, who do men say I am? And after Peter had spoken, and he had said, Thou are the Christ, the son of the living God, you know, and Jesus said unto him, truly, Peter, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And he went further to make this profound statement in verse 18. And he said, and I also say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock, the Rock of Revelation, I will build my church, you know, and get, guess, what, get what? And the gates of hell shall not prevail against you. That means that when you talk about the kingdom of heaven, you talk about kingdom. There is, there is another kingdom that comes against the kingdom. Are you with me? The kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven suffered violence, and the violent... They take it by force. On Friday, we tried to establish a few things. And I, will, I don't have the time, so there's a lot to talk about this morning. But quickly, just to say that we said God has called you and I into his kingdom. And there are all kinds of kingdoms. There's a the kingdom of God. There's a the kingdom of man. And in the kingdom of man, you find all kinds of kingdom, And we say God has called us. Forgive me, I love to move around. (laughs) I I, I love it when I feel closer to the people. (laughs) You know, we talked about the kingdom of God. And we said when Jesus came, the only message he was preaching and talking about is about the kingdom of God. In fact, when he talked about born again, it was in the context of the kingdom of God. He was trying to tell people that, yeah, you are in the kingdom of man, but God wants you to come into his kingdom. Praise God. And that's why when they were also teaching them how to pray, he began by talking about our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. You know, come where? Come on earth. And we said, where does it start? On Friday, we established the fact that this kingdom that God desires to be on earth, it starts first and foremost in you and I. That's why Jesus spoke you know, To uh, uh, Nicodemus, who came to him by night, a religious man, and said, no man can do what you do except God be with him. And Jesus answered him. He said, I know what you want. You see, the way I speak is not the way others speak. What I do is not what others do. It's because I am from another kingdom. And I'm establishing a kingdom here on earth. And he looked at Nicodemus. He said, Nicodemus, you're tired of religion. I know you want more. But you see, except a man be born again, he cannot see. It's not even enter. He cannot see the kingdom of God. That means he can understand what I do and he cannot do what I do. And so he said the first qualification, if you really want to be a kingdom, you know, you want to operate in the kingdom of God and you want to also engage in what we call kingdom dominion,
1: then
0: you need to be able to understand. You need to be able to see. And then you need to enter into this kingdom. Then when you are a member of the kingdom, you, the kingdom, you can now walk and operate from this kingdom level. And we say the kingdom of God is not flesh and blood. The kingdom of God is not a natural kingdom. It's a spiritual kingdom. Are you with me? And when you are part and parcel of it, you will be operating in a spiritual realm where from the spiritual realm in the realm of the invisible, you are influencing what is happening in the visible. And then you find that your life, in your life, you rule because dominion is about rule. Dominion is about authority dominion is about governing dominion and that's why i tell a lot of people ba which is born again simply helps you to begin to see and understand but to enter there's still some journey to make and we say until the kingdom is in you you cannot exercise the authority of the kingdom and that's part of the problem many people have in church can born again yes but i said last sunday in ending my my preaching that it's not enough to have ba born again you must move to the level of what and what does that mean master of situation and circumstances that means that in your life the situations and the circumstances that you are confronted with you master them Not that they master you, you master them. But to have the ability to master them, you must come up to a higher level. And I said, it doesn't only stop there. God wants us to move even to another higher level. And what's that level? A PhD. I know there are many doctors here. (laughs) And what's a PhD? You prophesy, you heal, and you deliver <laughs> and i said you don't even need to start prophesying for others you can start with yourself you begin to declare what will happen concerning you the doctor say you die he say i will not die i will live and i will declare the goodness of the lord in the land of the living they say you can't make it They say no i will make it in jesus name and say you can't and you like obama you say yes i can't and then you will in the name of jesus and the things that you call, though they be not, they begin to appear. You know, as though they were. Because you have the spirit of prophecy. I tell people, I say, what's prophecy? Prophecy is spoken vision. The ability to see where you're going to to declare it and to get there. That's being prophetic. It's not only talking to somebody that there's a tree in the front of your father's house. That, that's not it. Prophecy, spoken vision. The ability to be able to, to declare To know what God puts in your heart. To speak it. To declare it. To know what you have received from God. To stand on it and to walk in it. And we see that they are all different levels. So, but the beginning is BA. And that's why if you're not born again, I'm sorry. You can't even comprehend what I'm talking about. And you can appreciate where we're going to today. Because I ask God, what will be the end result of this visit? And what will be imparted to the people? More than preaching a nice sermon, it is if you pick something that changes your world. And I'm believing God, you will rule your world, Amen. you will transform your world. Amen. You will receive an insight that will make for dispatch. Amen. And as you receive insight, questions will begin to dissolve Amen. because answers are coming forth. In the name of Jesus, Amen. the kingdom begins from within. If you don't rule from within, you cannot rule from without. But you must be in the kingdom if you want to exercise the authority and the dominion of the kingdom. If you're not born again, because that's where I start. Believe me, I may not make sense to you for the rest of what I'll be sharing. I'd like us to bow our heads for a moment. It's unusual, but I want to make an altar call now so that I can make sense to you. The message will be relevant to you. Jesus told Nicodemus, who was a religious man, he said, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. John chapter 3, verse 3. And Nicodemus said, but how can a man be born again? Does it mean I have to go back into my mother's womb and be conceived yet again? Jesus said, no. He said, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit. Except a man, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So it takes being baptized and receiving the Spirit of God. But it takes one to accept Jesus and to receive Jesus' Spirit. He said, Behold, I stand at the door of your heart and I knock. If any man will open it, I will come into his life. He will receive my spirit and his world will, will change again. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse seven: If a man is in Christ, he is a new creature and all things are passed away and all things have become new. Maybe somebody here wants to make a decision today. I know I haven't preached a sermon yet, but please, if you're here, you want the message of today to be a reality for you. I'd like you to lift up your hands. Wherever you are, I want to pray with you. You know Jesus today in a personal way. It's about having a living relationship with Christ. So that your world can change. So that you can enter in and operate from the position of the kingdom of heaven. Heaven on earth. Heaven ruling. God's will being done in your own life. Is someone here? Thank you, Father. I would like to take it that then we all are people of the kingdom. Father, I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice. You know, each and every one of us, you know where we stand, where we belong. I'm praying so that the message may be relevant. If there's be anyone here, not yet surrendered his or her life to you, that under the power of the Holy Spirit, they will come under conviction. And if there be anyone here who has deviated and has gone away, has backslided, and is not in fellowship with you, that today will be a day that they would rededicate their lives to you, and come back to you, that they may see you at work in their life. Father, we thank you we give you glory, we give you praise, in Jesus' name. Amen. Enforcing kingdom dominion. Two things I said were the key words, kingdom and dominion. And we said kingdom simply speaks, everywhere you hear about a kingdom, that means that there is, the, you know, there is a king who is ruling over a domain kingdom and also when we talk about dominion we said we talk about rule we talk about authority we talk about somebody walking in authority somebody who is you know having rule, somebody who is reigning somebody who is in charge and i see you know god has called us into a kingdom where we reign where we rule where we're in charge and it's such it's so sad when you look at the kingdom of God and you look at many people's lives, you know, it's like it's out of control. We live in a world that things seems to be out of control. A lot of things are spiraling out of control. Governments are struggling to maintain peace, to maintain order. There are many lives, there's no peace. There are many lives, there's no joy. There's many lives. It's a common thing these days. You hear people talk about depression. They are overwhelmed. They are overcome by the situations and the circumstances of life. And we are not supposed to be under the bondage of all of these situations. We are not supposed to be slaves of our situation. I hear people even create what they call situational sin. They tell you, well, you know, it's the situation that is making us to commit this sin. If it were not because of this situation, we'll find ourselves. Now, the situations are not men. you know, to control us. The situations and the circumstances are not meant to control us. And that's why when a person is in Christ, he is not just any person. What the Bible is saying is that God has brought us into a kingdom where we are to reign. And we are to exercise authority. But yet, where is the authority of the believer? That's why it starts first with our positioning. Where do you stand? One of the questions I ask is, which government is in your life? If the government of Christ is in your life, and then through Christ, we're expected to reign in life. Praise God. Your problems, your situations, your circumstances should not overwhelm you. You will rise above them. And I see everyone here becoming a victor. 1 John chapter 5 verse 4 says, whosoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcome the world. What? Our fate. That means you and I were born to be overcomers. Now, I start from here because as you have seen from the two scriptures I shared, when God, Jesus was speaking about John. He said, from the time of John the Baptist up till now, the kingdom of heaven suffered violence. That means those who are in the kingdom, they are not excused from the challenges and the situations that come in life. I've heard many people say, but I thought when I give my life to Christ, my life, everything will be okay. Everything, there will be no problem. And that's why it is one of the, one of the dumbest prayers you can pray. Is to pray and say, Lord, don't let me see troubles. Because troubles, they are part of every day. Jesus said, every day has enough trouble of his own. He says, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Job said in Job chapter 14, man born of woman is of few days and his days are full of troubles. Troubles everywhere. So the issue is not about running away from troubles or what if tomorrow there's a problem. Jesus had to tell them in Matthew chapter 6, if you begin to read from verse 25 all the way to 34, he said, do not worry. Because one of the business a lot of people do is to worry or to fear or to be anxious because life comes with a lot of package. And in real life, real things happen. Am I speaking to someone? And so because of all these things, the hearts of many tremble. And a lot of people, they they panic, even believers, because of the things that happen. Many times, there are things that happen that people wish they didn't happen. Maybe in their plans, they didn't see it. Joseph, in his plans, when he had his dream, he knew he was going to be great. But in the dream, he didn't see a pit. In the dream, he didn't see slavery. In the pit, he didn't see a prison but he had to go through those experiences and pray it or not he was not going to miss those things they were part of the step that he was going to go through am i speaking to someone yes. And so the issue is not about how do i avoid, but how do i deal with the situations and the circumstances that come my way and i come out a winner i come out an overcomer i am rising only higher the time of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffered violence and the violence dictated by force. How many of us say I don't have any issues or challenges that has confronted us? I need, to, I need, I need the holy man here to pray for me. <laughs> because I find every day one issue or the other comes up. But thank God, I'm an overcomer. Amen. And you overcome. Tell someone, get ready for your testimony. You are going to get one. In Jesus' name, praise the Lord. So, I want you to see a few things. You know, when we are translated into the kingdom of God, 1 Peter chapter 2, let's look at verse 8 and 9. And I will quickly look at uh, two scriptures in Revelation. We'll be looking at a few scriptures just to lay some foundation before we pray. Um, praise God, first Peter chapter 2. Can we go to verse 9? Verse 9 says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. Another translation says peculiar people, peculiar because when you use the word peculiar, there's something that is just strange, something so unique, something standing out, you know, when you're operating, and I pray your life will be very unique. From your stories, you'll be very peculiar. There'll be something that will attract people's attention and say, tell me, you know, you go through the stuff we go through, but there's something peculiar about you. That testimony must come. In the name of Jesus. And that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness. That's one kingdom. The kingdom of darkness. And ushered you into his marvelous light. And that is the kingdom of light. Praise God. Yes. Now let's go to uh, Revelations chapter 1 verse 6. Revelation chapter 1 verse 6. Just laying some few scriptural foundation. Um, uh, and has made us kings and priests to his God and father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. You say God has made us kings and priests to his, you know, to his God and father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Say with me, I am a king and I am a priest. I belong to the kingdom of heaven. I am a citizen of heaven. Living on earth. With authority of heaven. Backing me up. You need to know that. You need to know that. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now let's come to Revelations chapter 5. One look at uh, two scriptures here. Verses 9 and 10. Revelations chapter Five, you know, is it five or six? Praise God. Uh, can we go to verse ten? Let's see. Aha, uh-huh. yes. We we'll read from verse nine all the way to ten, and they sang a new song, saying, "You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals." For you were slain. That's Jesus Christ, who brings us into this kingdom, and. The last time we shared on Friday, I explained the fact that when God made man, he made man to walk in dominion. Man was in control. No sickness, no disease, no failure, no any frustration until sin came by man and man fell. Man lost dominion. Man lost control. And to eat, man has to sweat. For a woman to deliver, she has to go through pain. And all manners of struggle came thereabout as a result of the fall. Praise God. And we say, through one man, sin came into the world. And everyone had a sinful nature. And the same, through one man again, man Jesus Christ. The Bible says God restores us, you know, back to the position that we originally were meant to be. So that though we are on earth... God calls us to operate with a kingdom of heaven mentality. So that though we are on earth, but we are citizens of heaven. And and this is what the scripture is saying. And they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain. That's Jesus. And have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe. From every tribe and tongue and tongue. People and nation. So without regards to color, without regards to tribe, without regards to nation, where you're coming all from all over the world, through Christ we gain admission. Am I speaking to someone? And then have made us kings and priests unto whom? To our God. And we shall reign where we shall reign where? That means we rule, we take authority, we decree things, and it come to pass. Amen? Amen. In fact, when you hear what Jesus said to Peter, when you're telling him, now you're getting into the kingdom. He says, you know, in, in, in verse 19 of Matthew 16, he says, And whatsoever any or two of you will bind concerning any matter on earth, what will happen? He shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you lose on earth, what will happen? It will be loose in heaven. After he told him, I'm giving you keys of the kingdom. He said, when you begin to operate from a kingdom position, you'll be able to exercise authority. You can bind things, you can loose things. What you say and what you decree on earth, the heavens will back you up. Am I making sense to someone? When you take your position in the kingdom, Praise God. But now, when you look at what is supposed to be and what is, there is a big gap between reality and what has been provided for. And that's why Jesus said from the time of John up till now, the kingdom of God suffers violence, and those who must exercise the authority of the kingdom must do it violently. It's not like just because God has already called us into his kingdom, automatically everything is just falling in place. There are certain things that need to be in place. Praise God. I want to share a few of those things so that you can understand and then you can take your place and God will begin to do what he alone will do in our lives in Jesus' name. The first thing after being born again, which is clear, is that we can't really do anything without the power of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. And that's why the Bible makes us to understand Jesus was a man and he was God. Jesus was the man. Christ was the anointed one. The word Christ simply means the anointed one. That means the man anointed Who carried God's anointing. That's why Jesus the Christ. Jesus the anointed one. The anointing that makes divinity to be evident in mortality. Am I making sense to someone? That's why the Bible could say he's Emmanuel, God with us. Praise God. And even Jesus as he lived on earth to operate in the kingdom that he was preaching, he could not do it without the anointing. The Bible tells us in in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, how God anointed Jesus Christ with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. I bless God that in your church, this year is the year of the Holy Spirit. It's not just the day of the holy spirit or the month of the holy spirit is the year of the holy spirit and if you never use this year to know him in a personal way it will be a tragedy how god anointed jesus with the holy ghost and with power that means that without the presence of the holy spirit in his life he couldn't do much Anyone who wants to operate in the kingdom and to operate in power cannot do without not having a personal relationship with the person of the Holy Spirit. In 1986, I had the privilege to watch a video where Benny Hinn preached on the message in South Africa in the church of a guy called Ray McCauley. And he preached a message called the reality of the Holy Spirit. That was the first time in my life I came to an acute awareness of the fact that the Holy Spirit is not a teen. The Holy Spirit is a person. That was the time I came to the acute awareness that he is a person you cultivate. He is a person you get to know. And the more intimate you walk with him, and the more intimate you relate with him, you will now begin to have a deeper and better understanding, not only of God's ways, but of God's thought. Listen, Isaiah chapter 55 verse 8 says, and this was God speaking by the prophet Isaiah. He says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. You can't think God's thoughts. And my ways are not your ways, says the Lord. Verse 9. He says, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Paul had this very deep understanding, and that's why in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I'd like you to come with me. First Corinthians chapter 2, and I'd like you to come with me to verse 9. Let's hear what Paul had to say. He said something. He said, as it is written, eyes has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. So if eyes haven't heard, you know, know, uh, 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 and ears, I mean, if eyes haven't seen, ears haven't heard, And it hasn't even entered. Then how can it? Verse 10. Verse 10 says, But God has revealed them to us. How? And how? For the Spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. Why and how? Verse 11. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now, let's go to verse 12, you know, and it says, Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we may know the things that have been freely given to us by God. How can you know it? By the Spirit of God. Spirit such as all things, even the deep things of God. It's amazing how, when a person begins to walk with the Person of the Holy Spirit, you begin to get. You see, God is a spirit. Anyone who must worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. It's a God that you don't see, but it's a God that you experience. You see Him by what He does. Are you with me? Invisible God. My miracle worker, you are worthy, O Lord, invincible God. My miracle worker, you are what You know Some people are arguing that they are debating: is there God? There's no God. I say, it's stupid to argue those things. Just like the blind man, they were telling him, you know, this man that healed you is a demon. They said, look, don't bring me into your politics. All I know, once I was blind, but now I can see. Whatever you want to say, you can say it, but that man did something, and I can see the difference in my life. Am I making sense to someone? Through the Holy Spirit, not only do we get to understand the mind of God, catch a revelation of God, know what is the will of God, but we receive empowerment by the Spirit of God. That's why when the Bible says, Be ye not drunk on wine, but be ye filled with the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 7, verse 37, Jesus stood on that great day, you know, and he cried out on that last day. They said, on the great day of the feast, they said, Jesus stood and cried out and said, If anyone thirst, That means you can be born again, but if you don't thirst for him, you don't get him. If anyone thirsts, what happens? Let him come and drink. And what will happen? He says, out of his belly, verse 38, out of his belly, he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart, another translation is out of his belly, but thank God for this. He said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. The reason some of us cannot walk in authority, exercise authority, is that, you know, the presence of the Holy Spirit is, and whether you like it or not, if you're going to operate as somebody who is walking in kingdom dominion, the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of man, you need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Am I making sense to someone? There must be a hunger. In this year of the Holy Spirit, there must be a hunger. You must hunger to know him, You must hunger to experience him. Jesus told them, tarry in Jerusalem, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. He said, until the Holy Ghost is come upon you. Because these guys were losers even when he was there. Peter had just had, in spite of all that the noise he made, you know many of us, we have good intention. That's why Jesus looked at them and said, he said, the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak. You know, the times that people, they mean well, they want to do, they know, Paul said, he cried out, he said, the things I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, I do. He said, oh, wretched man that I am, who would deliver me from this body of sin. Good intentions, but never good actions. Jesus said, but you shall receive power when the, Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Tell somebody, get hungry to know the Holy Spirit. Draw closer to the Holy Spirit. Every morning, talk to the Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit, please speak to me. Guide me. I like to listen to the stories of great men of God and how you know their story changed because if you want to operate in the kingdom and you want to exercise it's not enough to just make some noise I recall reading where bishop Oirepu is a great general in God's army in this entire army he said he also came to an awareness of the holy spirit when he read the book of a man called TL Osborne and when he read it, he decided, let me try it. And he was going somewhere. He went to visit his friends. And he found out that they were not there. He found out that they had moved out of the house. Without any forwarding address. And he didn't know. And he needed to catch up with these people. So he said, well, now that I don't know where these people have moved to, what do I do? Then he prayed. And he said, Holy Spirit. They say you can reveal everything. Please. Please. Guide me and lead me to where these people are. He said, after he prayed that short prayer, he had a voice that said, go straight. He started walking straight. <laughs> he said, turn right. He, would turn. <laughs> he just kept walking, walking as he was led. When he heard turn, he turns. When he heard go, you he go. And then somewhere along the line, he came to a place where he saw some ropes dangling by the tree. And there were some clothes hanging there. And he spotted the dress of one of his friends. (laughs) And everything in him told him, they are here. And that was how he ended up discovering the people who had moved. Am I speaking to someone? Until you begin to engage him, you will not know that he's there. His presence is there. In terms of insight in terms of wisdom, in terms of guidance, the person of the Holy Spirit. But let me say something quickly. As much as you hunger for him, let me tell you, there are things that can hinder him from functioning in our life. The Bible says he's Holy Spirit. So that means an unholy environment will hinder the flow of the Holy Spirit. And that's why also we learned in Romans chapter 14 verse 17 that What is the kingdom of God? Righteousness. Peace and joy. Where? In the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost has to be there for the kingdom of God to operate. And for the Holy Ghost to be there, first thing, righteousness. Holiness becomes an important aspect if a man wants to be able to operate and you know, see himself operating in a dimension where the power of the Holy Ghost is evident in his life and his ministry. Righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's the king. Everybody sing. righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. In the Holy Ghost, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Now. Don't you wanna be a part of the kingdom? Don't you wanna be a help me? Don't you wanna be a part of the kingdom? Come on, yeah, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> you wanna be a part of the kingdom? Righteousness is very key. Proverbs 14, verse 34. The Bible says, Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach. Another translation says, Sin disgraces people. Sin is a reproach. Sin is a reproach. Because sin is tied with the flesh. And that's why there are people. They may have the spirit, but they cage the spirit from manifesting and expressing himself or herself. That's why the holier the vessel, the cleaner, the more easier. You know, if you notice, one of the emblems of the Holy Spirit is oil. And if you know oil, the property of oil, the more pure the oil is, the better it works. But the more the impurities are, the lesser it is able to perform. And so that's why you find the holier a vessel, the greater the manifestation of the presence and the power of God in the life. So if a man wants to position and operate from the kingdom of heaven spiritually, then holy living and righteous living is a necessity. And the truth of the matter is that you and I, by God's grace, can live that life. Are you with me? You believe that? Let's look at Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. I want you to see something there. Somebody being blessed. Romans chapter 8. There is therefore now no what? No condemnation. For whom? For those who are in Christ Jesus. Who do what? Who decide not to walk according to the flesh, but how? Why? For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin. Let's pause. We will go to verse 3, but let's pause. Let me explain a point here. Now, I want you to know, what brings breakdown? What brings all the confusion? Why people can't overcome in life? Is simply what we call the law of sin and death. Two laws operate. There's a natural law. For the scientists here, I'm sure you enjoy this. For the natural, there's a natural law and there are spiritual laws. The natural laws that are given, they tend towards sin and death. For instance, there can be no offense if there is no law that makes something an offense. Are you with me? Moses brought law. The Bible says in John, it says, for the law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Are you with me? So in the law of Moses, there are certain things, thou shall not do this, thou shall not do that, thou shall not do that. If you do that, it is what? It's sin. So the law you know, speaks of sin, and it also speaks of death. That's why the Bible says, for the wages of sin is what? But the free gift of God is what? So you know that the natural law promotes death, And the man who is restricted and operates just by the natural laws, he will suffer the consequences of the law. People struggle to keep up with the requirements of the law. And even at our best, we still fall short of it. Are you with me? And that's why it's the law that condemns. And this natural law is the law that brings about breakdown. This is, but there is another law. And that is the law of the spirit of life that comes through Christ Jesus And this law is what we call spiritual laws. So the man that reduces himself to the natural law, living by the law and by the flesh, that person will constantly face breakdowns. But the man that acquaints himself and submits himself to the law of the spirit, that person will operate on a higher level. Now, let me explain this thing, and I'll illustrate it. You know, there are different levels of law. The spiritual law is higher than the natural law. Just like in the the UK here, the law of uh, uh, Scotland is part of the UK. The Scottish people have their law. But I'm sure if the law of Scotland comes in conflict with the law of the United Kingdom, the one will supersede the other. Am I right? And so where the laws are incompatible or they come in conflict, guess what? the laws of scotland must submit to the law of the united kingdom and because for instance the uk is still part of the eu wherever the law of the eu i mean you you know you know, in, you know incompatible with the law of the uk the law of the uk must submit to the law of the eu am i making sense to someone So you find that when you want to get out of the hole of the things that bring the breakdown, you need to engage what will bring the breakthrough. And it comes by engaging the law of the spirit. Praise God. Let me make this point one more clear because I want us to realize that we need to walk in the spirit and engage the spirit to overcome the flesh and we can in Jesus' name. The Bible says, you know, Uh, the law of the spirit is there, the law of the flesh is there, let's look at an example of how laws can be suspended. Let's use natural laws. The law of gravity exists, and this is the law of gravity. Any object that you throw up in the air, what will happen? By the law of gravity, you know, there is a force that will pull it down to earth. That's what gravity explains. But now, listen. Listen. When you see a plane flying in the air, suspended in the air for hours, and the law of gravity is not pulling it down, what has happened? Another higher law has taken over the law of gravity. Am I making sense to someone? You know, they call it the law of, uh, God bless you. (laughs) The law of aerodynamics. (laughs) In the sense that the law of trust. The law of trust suspends the law of gravity to enable a big object to not just only float in the air, but to stay suspended for hours. Am I speaking to someone? Even in science, people recognize that and they know where certain laws, those laws exist, but they know how those laws can be suspended. Are you with me? The law of sin exists. But by the law of the spirit, you can suspend the law of sin. It's not that, it's not that sin is not there or you can not commit sin. But when you engage the law of the spirit, you are able to suspend the law of sin. And you can say, sin shall not have dominion over me. Let's read verse 3. I want you to see that. Praise God. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. On account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. Praise God. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. So there is therefore now no condemnation. For those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free. You see, until you can break the shackle of the things that hold you. That's why when people are in bondage and dominated by drugs, by crimes, by sex, by all manners of things, the flesh holds sway and they are slaves. They are not reigning. They are not ruling. They are in bondage. That's why when Jesus started his ministry, in Luke chapter 4, verse 18, he said, because another kingdom is coming to uproot another kingdom. That's why I asked you, which government is in your life? Which government is ruining, ruling and reigning? Because it's the government that will manifest on the outside. Look, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. You can't do it without the spirit. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me. There's an anointing. To preach. It starts with preaching. To preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. And to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. He said, Seeing, they can't see, hearing, they can't hear. He says, And to set at liberty those who are oppressed. To set, because many are oppressed in life. And it shall come to an end in Jesus' name. Look at Obadiah chapter 1. We'll look at two scriptures. I think I need to begin to round up. Praise God. Is someone being blessed here this morning? I just want you to get some insight. Now, Obadiah 1 verse 17. Let's go there. It says, but among Zion, there shall be deliverance and there shall be holiness. Holiness. You can see you cannot divorce the two things. That's why sometimes when I see all this deliverance ministry going on, people falling on the ground and all that, deliverance really is not only falling down. Jesus said in John chapter 8 verse 32, hold on here, don't go. He says, ye shall know the truth. And if you continue in my teachings from verse 31, he said, then you shall know the truth. Arising from the teachings and the truth which you know. Shall set you free because that's really there's there's mental siege because in real life, like I shared on Friday, where the mind goes, there the man goes, and that's why strongholds, the worst strongholds, are in the mind. That's why the scripture says, transform your mind by you know, renew your mind, you know, transform your world by renewing your mind. Because there are strongholds, mental blocks, mental things, the way people see things, the way people think things, that won't allow them to experience God. I have a friend, he's so rational. Anything spiritual, he dismisses it. He thinks it's very backward people who are talking that. When they talk about demonic activity, he just thinks, that oh, was all this rubbish. You know, as if these things are real. When you see an, a, you know, a well-dressed man, A normal man who carry a knife and kill his wife or kill his daughter and you think it's normal? Or you see somebody carry a gun and go in and start killing people, you think it's normal? But the person is well-dressed, is not looking abnormal, but something is wrong. Sometimes you have these people, they say they hear some voices. Sometimes you hear, they will tell you all manners of things. And let me tell you the truth. The things we don't see, they are more real than the things we see. And the invincible has a stronger hold than the visible. And that's why you can't afford but be spiritual. If you want to walk in dominion, you must have your place in the spiritual realm. And from the realm of the spirit, when we begin to use all the force to advance the kingdom. That's why some can't understand. Prayer is a spiritual force when the bible says and the violent take it by force when we take hold of the kingdom when we advance the kingdom it's not with grammar you look at you look at demons you tell them english language you want to be talking grammar no it's you know it's spiritual and that's why when we begin to talk in tongues it makes no sense it's stupid You see, the things of the spirit, they are stupid. They don't make sense in a rational sense. But then, they they are powerful. That's why the Bible says the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal. But they are mighty through God. What looks stupid? To the pulling down of strongholds and casting down imagination. And bringing every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Begin to operate. From a spiritual realm, with spiritual weapons, prayer is a spiritual force. With the force of prayer, we can change destinies. We can change situations. We can break the chains. With the force of fasting, you know, you can do things. When spiritual people understand things, and spiritual people use spiritual weapons, they get spiritual results. They begin to walk in authority. They begin to exercise dominion. They begin to reign over situations and circumstances. I am a product of a woman who will not give up on her child. I grew up very rascally. I got kicked out of the university. My mom made sure I went back. I, I I made up my mind that heaven was boring. I prefer to go to hell because if from what I hear. And what I see, all the famous stars, all the popular people are going to are going to go to hell. Then if we get to the heaven, it will be very boring. I was not prepared to go there and just be wearing white and singing song to a white god and all they're just doing some funny. This it sounded so stupid for me. You know, I felt if Michael Jackson would be in hell. All the all the popular we will have fun in hell. And I told her to her face, "I, I would rather go to hell than go to heaven. I was. Committed to all that. But the woman will never give up. And the more she prayed, the more I walked to frustrate her. I was smoking, hiding smoking, but I had to come out and tell her listen, you are forcing me to let you know. Stop what you are doing. Because I hear her pray for me and pray that I'll be a preacher. I hear her pray for me and she was praying the things I despised and hated. So, the more she prayed, the more, whatever, I hope there were no demons in me, but whatever they were, they aggravated me. They frustrated, they made me mad and angry. But my mother never gave up, even when the situation looked hopeless. There were times that death, I had near escapes with death. And though I was at a place in my life, I didn't believe God, I could tell those around me, Ah, my mother's prayer is working. When I eventually gave my life to Christ, I couldn't believe it. i looked at her and said, Your witch, don't walk. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there's something powerful about spiritual force. It's not gra gra, it's not noise making. But there is a reality to these things. To walk in dominion, you need to know God. Like I said, you need the Holy Spirit. You need to quit sin and make sure we walk in righteousness. Am I speaking to someone? Then we need to know not only who we are, but the weapons of our warfare. Because we need to fight battles to advance the kingdom. Just because God said, God said the land is there. I've given it to you. But guess what? There were people occupying the land and they needed to fight to take over those land that you are called to. Everyone sitting here, there's something God has prepared for you. Time will not permit me, but I need to be around you. There's something for you where in this life, God has placed you to reign and rule and reign. It starts with your life. Take charge. Don't let others run your life. And don't let your life, don't be, don't be giving excuse for where your life is because of others. You can't control anybody's life, but you can take control over your life. And say, this life, I will live it. This life will count. God's purpose for my life will come to pass. You owe it to yourself, not anybody. It's not even your pastor. It's up to you. You have to come to a place. You make up your mind. This is my life. It's up to me to make it or my it. I stop passing the excuse. You see, if you will not take responsibility, you will end up a liability. Take the responsibility, and decide that I, my life, will count, and it's going to be different. Thank God for praying mothers. Thank God for praying pastors. Thank God for praying. It is to compliment. Thank God. And you begin to reign. You begin to take charge. The stuff that are coming your way, you don't excuse them. You don't, You, don't, you, don't, you your attitude changes. Everyone here, everyone here, as I round up, everyone here, Time will permit me. There's so many things to talk about. When we talk about forces and all that, prayer is one. The word of God is one. Getting into the word. Knowing what the word says concerning you, concerning your life. Knowing what the will of God is because the thing about the kingdom of God is that will be done. So when you know, don't even go to prayer without not knowing what the will of God is. Stop wasting your time. When you know what is the will of God, stand on it, demand it, pray it, and do it. Praise God. But how do you know the will of God? Through His Word, through the leading of His Spirit, which would not contradict His Word. Am I speaking to someone? The weapons of warfare, the blood of Jesus. Hebrews chapter four, verse sixteen. He said, "Let us therefore now come boldly before the throne, room of God, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help us in, you know, in a time of need." How do we come boldly by the blood of Jesus? We may not be worthy, but because of him, we are worthy. Praise God. Is Somebody being blessed this morning. Walking in dominion. Enforcing kingdom dominion. I love the song of Sinaj. I know who God says I am. What he says I am. Where he says I'm at. I know who I am. I'm walking in power. I'm walking in miracle. I live. You know, sometimes when we sing this song, I wonder whether we pause to think about the song. You know, because somebody who has been harassed and demons are chasing and they're running all over the place, and you're just sing and singing that song, then we say, wait, when you come out, I'll teach you a little lesson. <laughs> so you two are singing this song. Don't worry, I'll, I'll show you. <laughs> but when you have the understanding and you sing that song, the song will come alive. As you are talking that thing, it is making sense to you. Praise God. How many of us are ready to begin to enforce our kingdom dominion? The kingdom of God suffered violence, and the violent they take it by force. Let's rise up on our feet. Praise God. Say with me, I have a part to play. For the will of God to be established in my life. I'm a child of the kingdom. I belong to the kingdom. Therefore, God's will in my life will be done. In the name of Jesus, today, as I submit myself to the authority and the leadership of God the Father, God the Son God the Holy Spirit I receive power and in the name of Jesus I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me I am called to be a king and as a king I have my place my place in life I am committed to take my place in the church in the house in the workplace. I am committed to take my place regardless of the opposition. I will not mind the opposition because I am not prepared to lose my position. From today, I will advance forcefully God's kingdom in me and through me and everywhere I go. I am a priest of God to display to demonstrate the character and the nature of God in my priestly role Father help me lift up your voice and begin to talk to God Manka taraba yanama na Megese le bro godo shtaru ba yan de le gebro no momo Mankoso lo go bro godo shtaka ba Megese ke re beyene Manga zekira Bayanamana. manga sakara baya na mana, lebre toko magusa rapa leke bregodosh, manga zekarubo godosh takaba ye kasalura mana gada, Manko sondo brogodosh teke breyeni muno, mwenke se soko brogodosh takaba Thank you, Father. I know my time is up, but just one or two prayers. sir. Can I just lead in one or two prayers? Exodus chapter 23, verse 20. I want you to come there with me. Exodus chapter 23, verse 20. Praise God. Behold, I send an angel before you. I want you to know God will never leave you alone. You may feel alone, but you are never alone. Not only is God's presence always there, as long as you don't do what will keep His presence away, but God also has an angel for you. Behold, I send an angel before you, because there's a place you are to go, and there's a place for you. Listen, He said, I send an angel before to keep you in the way. Please don't go off track, don't go off the way. Many people lose focus and their vision gets lost and they get confused in life. Confusion comes when focus is lost. I To keep you in the way, one of the jobs of an angel is to help you to stay in the way and to bring you into the place which I have prepared for you. I want you to know that in life, there's something God has prepared for you. Uniquely for you. About you. Because you are a king and you have your domain. You see, when you find your place in life, people will celebrate you. But when you don't know your place, you will be a source of confusion. Doing what you should not do and you will never get rewarded for doing somebody else's work. But when you know, And you understand that in this kingdom, I'm not a nobody. I'm a somebody. And there is something for me to do in your home, in your life, in the workplace. Because it's more than the church is not a building. The church is a people. And let me tell you the honest truth. And that will lead us to the second prayer. Because the first prayer is that God will help you so that you will be in the direction of God's leading, and I will take you to where God has prepared for you. You have your own place, and God will reveal it to you, and God will help you. Your angels will be active. Let me tell you one thing about angels. Your pastor is important. Because an angel is a ministering spirit. There's somebody God puts. Each man must have a man of God, a woman of God in their life. We are all men and women of God. But there's someone that speaks in our life. There's someone that gives counsel. There's someone that helps mentor. Many lose the benefit of it because they they don't connect with their angels. They lose out. I know there are people who come to church they are not connected. They are like loose cables. The plug is there but they are not plugged in. They are not switched in. And things may happen but it won't happen with them. I pray you will not be one of them. In the name of Jesus. It will be stupid to belong and not to belong. It will be stupid to be there and not to be there. Plugging in helps you. And it saves you from going off track. Some don't want counsel. Some don't want guidance. Some don't want correction. Some don't want, you know. And it makes their journey longer. And where they are to get to, they don't get there. But you will get there. In the name of Jesus. This is the first prayer we're going to pray. Help me to connect with my angel. Help me to stay in the way. And help me to get to where you are prepared for me. Lift up your voice. The place where you'll be celebrated. The place of your recognition. The place of your reckoning. And your place of being. Makuna Sakarabayana mona kunda Legebrondo stoto brogodo ba Baba Baba ba, ba, ba godo staka lendi Mege seko robo yunomono stakaba Help me, Meka robo yunomono Menge sekete bregodo stakura bayanamana Manka saka brogodo stakura bayanamandi Menge sekide bregodo La brogodo stakura bayakuna mana stakaba Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Second prayer and I'm done. You see, the church is not a building. And what we do here for these hours is nice. But if this is all that the kingdom of God is, then it is for nothing. The kingdom of God is not the gathered church on Sunday. That is celebrating and dancing. The kingdom of God and that is also what shows the true strength of a church is what the scattered congregation do from Monday through to Saturday. Because the real and the true strength of a church is not what the gathered congregation do on Sunday and their numbers. But it is what the scattered congregation do Monday through to Saturday. We are here to be charged up. We are here to be empowered. We are here to be strengthened so that we can go out and we can make a difference. To go out and extend the kingdom in our homes, in our businesses, in all the places that God takes us. We carry the fragrance of God. We carry the presence of God we go as light where there's darkness we go as salt where there's no taste we are out to make a difference and until we make that difference it is all for show that we gather here and we're going to pray Lord help me go out beginning from my home to make a difference empower me to, be, to make a difference lift up your voice and begin to talk to God Thank you, Lord. Oh, Lord, empower me. Empower me to make a difference. Empower me to make a difference beginning from my home and to go out there. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.